This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast, the only podcast out there with a cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I am Mags and I am joined with my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you? I'm brilliant. Good, just after watching that amazing uh, UFC card. That was absolutely spectacular. It certainly was and uh, with it being such a, a massive card and uh, the first one, first number paper you believe on ESPN once or pretty much anyone could watch it at lunchtime in the States, thought we might need uh, a third voice here on, on uh, Five Rounds, um, someone who's a renowned MMA expert will put us definitely in the shade and, and really kind of give a analytical um, a, kind of analytical look at, at the event uh, it's my wife Carlos's mum Lorraine Lorraine how are you the UFC expert absolutely fucking that straight away with the swearing that's brilliant uh, we're a classic podcast here please uh, no fucking swearing try and keep it clean so yeah how excited are you for, I know you've been on five rounds before but this is the first time you really brought down a, a UFC event with us so how, how excited or nervous are you Listen, you keep bringing me into these events, and I don't know why, because I don't know absolutely nothing about it, so crack on. Okay. I mean, that might be the reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, let's get into into the, the results, uh, getting the, the prelims, it was a jam-packed event, so many fights, so we started the flower oh, division. Can I just say something, though? I don't know the names. Okay. Don't. We'll guard you. Ask me to even pronounce we, we will guide you. Just so, think before you speak. Yeah. That might be hard. Um, so we're starting the flyweight division. Uh, Tagir Ulenbekov picking up the decision against Alan Nascimento. Who? Then in the middleweight... You just be quiet in this part. Uh, in the middleweight, uh, we have Andre Petroska getting the third round sub against Yao Zonghyu. Um, Leon Murphy in the featherweight got a, a really big win over Makwam Amiakane. With a second round knockout. Leon, I didn't hear anyone Leon. And then uh, Mikhail Alexichuk in the light heavyweight division got the first round KO of Shamil Gamzatov. A uh, controversial uh, decision in the welterweight division with uh, Elazu Zaleki Dos Santos and Benoit Saint Denis. In fact, the referee who uh, stopped and started this match multiple times, he was actually pulled, yeah, pulled from, from the rest of the yeah. card. Which was deserved. Like, if no one watched the fight, like when usually when when a ref stops a fight for a use like an eye poke or something like that, the doctors come in 
and he didn't do that and that was that was the even biggest the, even though San Denise was saying I cannot see yeah I cannot see and that was the biggest reason even though there were there were a handful of stuff the L's that he did wrong that was the biggest reason and you could see Mark Goddard as the leading official absolutely yeah, fuming yeah. at the side of the, well, the octagon uh, Daniel Cormier uh, made it uh, clear to the uh, the official from the UAE MMA Federation that he can't ref anymore Matt. well he tweeted out like, he said, as he was speaking he literally put a tweet out uh, to Daniel Cormier basically saying like, I know it's an hard job and that but Jesus Christ like that's like in layman's terms, he basically said that's some amateur bullshit. Like you, you shouldn't yeah. be doing that in a professional bout, especially as an official yeah. when you're in there for the fight of safety. And uh, but yeah, so he was rightfully pulled from the rest of his duties on the mm-hmm. card. Uh, so then going back to these prelims in the middleweight division, we had Albert Juriev getting the decision against Roman Kopilov. Um, then in the featherweight division, Zubara Tukugov got the decision against Ricardo Ramos, and then the featured prelim. The only female fight on the whole card, Amanda Rebus getting the decision against uh, Werner Yandiroba. So let's get into uh, into the main card. Now I didn't catch a lot of the first fight because I, I was on pulling double duty doing a, a live stream of Radio Techers, uh, Man United and Tottenham. So I've got to check that out in the archives uh, or on uh, Radio Techers on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, Magomed Ankaliev. Uh, looking to push for a, a lightweight title shot, uh, taking on Volkan Uzmir. Um So for you, Lorraine, uh, Ankalev was in the black, <laughs> and Volkan had the red shorts on. Um, Carlos, uh, let us know how this this fight went down. So as a stepping stone for Ankalev, you can it, it was a perfect fight for him to accept a uh, high ranked and high named opponent in Volkan. Uh, Volcom, that's because you're here. I'm, 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 I know the names of the of the athletes, and I'm still getting them wrong. Because in my head, I'm like, I can't wait for them to say you're gonna get them wrong. It's making it big or either way. Uh, also, me, a high-ranking opponent, he were able to in this fight. I can at least say take a crack because that's exactly what what he did. He it was just outmatched. The the skill set uh, of um, Ankliev yeah. was was just too much. The pressure was too much. It, his jab, he was using that perfectly. Not only just to feint, but to set it up, and then for that perfect cross to come to come straight behind it. Olsenmeyer um, uh, couldn't do absolutely nothing about it, bar from just just take the cracks and sort of weather the storm. He in the first round. His, his head movement was on point, he, his footwork was on point, he was moving well, but as the fight went on, you could just tell that he just couldn't deal with the pressure. The pressure was just kept on coming and coming and coming, and it were either on the back pedal, trying to counter, or every time he went to push for an attack of his own, it was just getting, it was just getting basically attacked back, like I said, with a jab. Uh, and even though it went to decision, and a lot of fights that go to decisions usually a bit of like a snooze fest in the heavier weights. Obviously, mm-hmm. they, they they carry over over a certain a, a certain amount, two hundred five pounds plus. So you're going to get a bit more tired coming into the later rounds. But uh, in, in in this fight, all three rounds were were just basically touch and go. And Ankle picked up the decision, and it, it, it was fair. No one can argue that he did not win that fight. No, totally agree. Um, I caught the the last part of the second round and, and the, all of the third round, um, but I saw the highlights from from the first round and, and the the knockdown in in the first kind of 
just set the stage for what was going to happen in the rest of the fight. Um, these Russians and, and Dagestanians, they're a, they're a different breed. They, I mean, Uzmir is it's kind of like a gatekeeper now. I think uh, we've we've seen him kind of uh, face the top contenders, and he always seems to fall short. But um, Ankilev just absolutely dominated him all the all the way through. And then when we get the cut in the third round over the eyebrow, that Jesus Christ! You could you could literally see the bone underneath the the cut. It was absolutely brutal. Mm. Uh, but it, this was this was like surgery. This was uh, Ankilev just picking apart. Uzumir, uh, just just doing everything apart from getting the finish, which I, I bet he's absolutely kicking himself over. Well, to be honest with you, though, you could be, but like I said with Ankliev, he took the step up in this far against a, a, a top-level opponent. Like When we say gatekeeper on this podcast, <coughs> we don't give that title to a, a lot of fighters. It's usually a fighter that's been in the game a long time, mm-hmm. who's well-experienced, who just, for some reason, just can't pass that last hurdle. But if you... If you're in a fight against him, you know that you need to bring your A game because it's going to be one of the toughest fights you brung. And Ankle have shown that he were able to match the skill set, what's necessary to push forward in that light heavyweight division. Yeah, totally. I agree. Uh, Lorraine, your thoughts? I know you uh, started taking notes at the beginning uh, and then kind of like we got engrossed into the fight, I suppose. But um, I, I know you said something about um, who's made got knocked the foot down. Was that one of your notes? Well, yeah, but you told me not to swear, so what am I supposed to do? Yeah, you opened, first minute or so. You opened up with a swear, like. <laughs> Listen, it were a boring. It's just so that like, our content don't get. It was boring. Up, you know? It were boring. There were no proper. What do you mean? Rolling. It were boring. There were no proper scrapping. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a casual. Yeah. We've got a casual. Get out. In fact, wrap this up. We, we, end off. End of it. I I um I, I disagree. I think that um, well, definitely you disagree. can, you can, but he got his eye split open. Uh, yeah, and that he... was probably the juiciest part about it. Brilliant. So not the knockdown, not the not the faints, not the setup, not okay. the not the fight. So we'll, we'll go to <laughs> the second fight, and I think you, you were you were more into this fight than than you were the first were one. These the two younguns. So this is Hamzat Chimiev. Um, oh, father, again. Taking on Lee Jingliang. Oh, Lee. Lee. Yeah, just Lee. Crap. Just Lee. Um, yeah, obviously we all know that Chimiev is the new golden boy of UFC. Absolutely. Um, and he absolutely proved it in this. I mean, now that was a fight. That was a proper fight. It, well, was it was scrap. three minutes, and fight is a stretch. It was three minutes of someone who should have been arrested after the fight, basically. Yeah, even <laughs> rolling, they were proper scrappy. The, the the thing with Chimiev is, he's not only a fighter; he's entertaining, and he went into this fight in his whole career, which was nine fights. He had only been hit in the face twice. Actually, in the UFC, he's only been hit in the face once. He left this fight and only been hit in the face once. He didn't sure, take one yeah, shot in this fight. I'm pretty sure it's significant strikes. He's about, what, two, It's now 254 yeah. to 2. And he doesn't career. have cauliflower ears either. Because so, no, no, no one can't punch him. He's been hit twice in 10 bouts. And, and then nine bouts. we start the fight. Answer. We actually yeah. start the fight, though, with Chimiev going for a deep um, takedown and ends up just... Carrying, I thought it was carrying right, yeah. Lee and talking to Dana White at the same time, carrying Lee over to the corner where Dana White was. That was funny. Yeah, and basically just wrestle fucked uh, Lee for, for, for three minutes. 
He was talking to his cage. He was looking at his corner team, team whilst, whilst wrestling, talking to talking <laughs> to Daniel Cormier, winking at Daniel Cormier. And then when he, when his team said locking the 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 hooks, locking the the submission, he's like, okay, boss, did it. Got the submission. Fair play to, to Lee. He he didn't want to tap, and he didn't end up tapping. But he, what he did do is he went fast asleep. He was absolutely knocked clean out. So Lorraine, was this the best match? Best fight for you? Yeah, definitely. It was well better than the first one. Better than the others as well. But that one, yeah, was really good. Carlos. Yeah, as soon as he picked Lee up, I thought we were going to go for a German suplex. But uh, then when he I, took him over, I thought he was going to throw him. I yeah. literally thought he was going to throw him. He was bare hugging when he was like, he was like, like, walking and that. Yeah, and then goes down and has a little chin wag with Dana and makes a cup of tea. That just takes a piss out of her. Like, uh, give it to Lee. Like, don't. Like, you can't like, look yourself down. It's Chimiev. Uh, everyone who's come across him has just been absolutely mauled. Yeah. The guy's just on a different level. and... And I personally, I thought with all of the the shit he had going on with COVID and all, all that, I thought that could have affected him. Yeah, and I'm glad it's in the past now, and it just seems to have, in a way, made him made him stronger. Uh, he he, just, he knows how to fight. He's a well-rounded. Uh, he's he's definitely just a well-rounded fighter, and, and not only being, um, I'm guessing. Correct me if I'm wrong. He is originally from Dagestan, isn't he? Um, no, he's from uh, Makal Chaka uh, Kala in Russia, I think. Well, that's but it. I well, do know he went to Ireland, though. He, went to uh, go and try well, and scrap with Conor McGregor. He got arrested by the And Conor McGregor forces. had to call the police, and then because no, Conor, Conor McGregor, didn't call Conor the Colin McGregor is a soft cunt, <laughs> who would get his ass whooped by him. Sorry, sorry, Simple. listeners. I mean, I'll she disagree with the I disagree with the soft cunt part, but. The, I think Hamzat beats Yeah, Hamzat definitely whoops his ass. But I don't think he's soft. Like, he's, he's held two belts at UFC simultaneously. So, great great victory for Hamzat. And, uh, Hamzat. and then we're going to what I thought was the worst fight on the card by a long, long way. Uh, Marcin Tabura and Alexander Volkov. Uh, all the talk from Volkov's camp was he didn't feel he put in uh, enough effort in, in uh, his, his recent push for a title shot that he was slow that uh, Cyril the fight with Cyril Gagne he felt he let himself down and he was going to up the tempo he didn't he didn't he did exactly the same thing here against uh, Marcin uh, Tabera the only problem is Marcin Tabera is nowhere near on the level as Cyril Gagne so he 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 was handily beat but this fight was just a fucking snooze fest mm. definitely is that the one that I nearly fell asleep to? You, you would, you were fading. You were absolutely fading. It was the, yeah, that was, it was the, the, the really tall uh, Russian guy. Um, the bigger people. That's the perfect example of what I literally just said about uh, these heavier divisions when they go to heavy, yeah, heavier divisions when they go to decision. He, they haven't got the cardio to basically mm-hmm. uphold. The, the what's necessary I mean, just and, for the and, big frames and you can expect that from Tabura because he's carrying a little bit of uh, uh, wood on the, on the porch but Alexander Volkov he, he looks he looks slim I mean he's quite tall for a, a heavyweight anyway but he just has no cardio whatsoever at the end of like the, the first round he was he was uh, sucking in oxygen by the end of the, the second round his shots had no power behind mm. him because there was nothing there 
uh, Tabura uh, for for how chubby he is as a fighter and how uh, he doesn't look like your typical MMA star. At least he had a little bit of cardio and was was landing heavy shots. But yeah, Volkov uh, he got the victory. Uh, three, two of the judges actually gave him all three rounds, which I thought was a bit uh, ridiculous. Uh, no, 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 I thought that second honest, round Tabura was it, was way stronger. Yeah, uh, you, know, you could give it. Yeah, you could probably give it a take, but. Judges giving him all three rounds. I couldn't really argue with. He did. He did. If anything, push push the pace a little bit more. Yeah, he couldn't. Have the, he didn't have that energy to actually finish the attack. Attack off. Get a TKO. Get get a submission. Tabura can take. can take a crack, but as well, with him, he's a he's an average fighter. You can just tell that he's mm-hmm. he's got the the overhand powers. That's it. He, but, but the issue is that these are both top ten fighters in the UFC. Uh, they've got Volkov as five and Tabura was seven, which that's ridiculous compared to some of the fighters, some of the cl- levels of fighters we've had in that heavyweight division. To say these are two top ten fighters is that's embarrassing. Yeah, definitely. You, you, like they always say, it only takes one hit in the heavyweight division to basically put you in with a winning chance of winning the fight. And mm-hmm. in this, they didn't have the they didn't have the power behind the shots to basically have that one punch chance in the, in, in the heavyweight division that everyone says. Don't matter how big your skill set is, when you've got two hundred and 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 twenty plus pound behind behind your fist that you're throwing, you, you're going to do some damage. And these two didn't seem they were obs. obs uh, absorbing more shots than they were actually letting off. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the one good thing of uh, Volkov is he stuffed so many takedowns. I think it was 13 out of 13 he stuffed, which uh, against Cyril Gagne, obviously, and against Curtis Blades, uh, he had absolutely no chance. But a win's a win. He'll, 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 uh, he'll take it in Tabura. Yeah, but that's what I mean about Tabura, though. With him, with him shooting him for the takedowns all the time with him just being an average fighter he's only got that that big overhand and if that doesn't work he's got the basically the takedown attempts that because he hasn't got the cardio to actually get the techniques off properly even Daniel Colby you could tell he was somewhat laughing underneath his breath every time he was trying mm-hmm. to shoot him for a takedown yeah. He, well, on one of the times, I think one of the first times he, he tried to take him down, he basically collapsed under his own weight, and Volkov just like fell on top of him. Yeah. So it was just like, stop doing that. Yeah. Try yeah. to get back to your feet. It was pretty embarrassing. So let's go into the people's main event, um, the one that Hasbulla went to uh, specifically to watch. Uh, Islam Makachev taking on Dan the Hangman Hooker, and uh, we'll go to you, Lorraine, first. Uh, this is the one of the fights that you thought was actually really entertaining, the one where um, Hooker had his arm trapped behind his back by Islam, and the one with uh, uh, the Hasbler, the the, 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 the dwarf, uh, on uh, Habib's shoulders. Uh, what did you think of this fight? That real well good fight. So much better than the others. One of the, probably the best fight. Okay. Uh, Carlos? Well, what can you say? Makachev does what Makachev does. Mm-hmm. He, he's showing that he's... I, I don't, he might not like people saying he's the next Khabib, but he's showing why he's he's getting he yeah why people are saying that he's we're able to go into the fight against uh, a tough opponent and put on a spectacular show. Um, as soon as they basically started clinching up against the cage, uh, Makachev knew exactly what he wanted to do. As soon as he got hold of that wrist, Danuka knew with his his own experience because like like you were you were saying earlier, he's no slouch on the ground. 
he knows exactly what what's basically coming. Like you were saying, it's it's like a chess match. Sometimes you 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 know your opponent's next five steps, but Makachev's just showing that he's that good that he'll tell you his next five steps. But there's nothing you can do about it. Danoka tried mm -hmm. to defend that Kamora perfectly, dropping down, trying to bury his arm basically into his own body. But Makachev were able just to beat him up a bit, loosen him up, and but in a way make him forget about the defense of the Kamora. And as soon as he got it into the basically the the, the rear naked, uh, the choke to the arm is what I like to call it. And as soon as he stepped over, that that fight was was over at that point. Danoka knew. And he knew if he didn't tap, his arm just would have got destroyed mm -hmm. from elbow joint to, to shoulder joint. Yeah, and the, and the, the, the thing with, uh, with Makachev and, and the Dagestani kind of uh, way of uh, competing is it's almost like you're fighting two people at once because you're fighting the person who is uh, in front of you face-to-face, -face, punching you and, and, and trying to distract you. But that person's legs are also like another human being doing things that the legs shouldn't be able to do. I mean, the way he trapped uh, Danuka's uh, leg to get the takedown, wrapped around it, and then uh, forced Danuka out of the half butterfly that he was in to, to kind of, uh, like I said, put, uh, to distract um, Hooker away from thinking that the Kimura was on. So as soon as he let, let that guard down, uh, Islam switched control, switched, um, um, and then just went straight for that Kamora, locked it in place. Such a such a talented fighter, and you can't kind of uh, complain when people are ducking him because mm. he's a fucking scary bastard. Yeah, definitely, he's absolutely he's a nightmare for anyone in that lightweight division. And, that, and, and like Daniel Cormier said a couple of years ago, the kid's only getting better. Uh, you said he you said he turned thirty not long ago. Mm -hmm. He he's only getting this better. Week, be... it, it was his birthday week this week. Oh, so him and Glover Teixeira, I think uh, the birthdays are either on the same day or, or the day after each other. Oh, fair enough. Well, that's it. He's just turned thirty, not mm -hmm. even in his prime yet, in in somewhat of a way. And you can you can just absolutely he's just going to be a killer. Well, he's already a killer in that weight, and that's why people are ducking him. Mm -hmm. And that Daniel Cormier was saying. If you duck him for long enough, you're only going to have to fight him when he takes the belt, and he will take the belt at some point because he's he's in the gym working on his skill set day in day out. So if you're not fighting him, he's in the gym working on what he's going to beat you with, yeah. just because you don't want to fight him. And he'll get a being ranked seventh now and going up to fifth after beating Dan Hooker, he'll get a title shot off that because the UFC will look at him and go, "Buzzing, we've got a cash cow here. Not only can he stand uh, stand and fight." He's also amazing on the ground as well. He's mm -hmm. a well-rounded package. He's an entertainment. He's an entertaining fighter, like we're on about with Makachev earlier. He's he's a well-rounded package for someone in the welterweight division. And the people in the in, coming from out of like Russia and and them sort of uh, areas of the of the world, they're just taking over the sport. Absolutely, yeah. That um, it's it's brilliant to watch, especially from that Eagles gym and from American Top Team and their links to the Dagestani fighters. Just how many uh, amazing talents are coming out of that 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 little corner of the world? I mean, do you look at Bellator and the amount of uh, amazing Dagestani fighters they've got there? I mean, fighters who worked on this card like mm. Magomed Sharonov, brilliant fighter, superb fighter, Usman uh, Nurmagomedov, absolutely superb. Yeah. So yeah, they they're taking over the, the MMA world. Yeah, uh, and as well, the other thing that makes it so difficult to fight these fighters like Islam is. They, they speak a totally different language, mm -hmm. a, a language that is not commonly 
commonly spoken around the world. If, if you're from Russia, you'll speak it. But if not, you you, you don't understand what they're saying. And a, a good amount of a good amount of things in the octagon sometimes can work with you is when you can understand the language of your opponent's coach. Because yeah. when your opponent's coach is is shouting out commands to their old fighter, that you, you, you can, can combat it. Yeah, yeah you, can, you can combat straight away if you're quick enough to actually react to what they're saying to their fighter to do. You can you've got somewhat in with a fighting chance. Well, these Dagestanians, they know what you're gonna, you know what they're gonna do. You can't stop it. You can't understand what the corners telling them and because you've got so much going on you're also finding it difficult to basically listen to your own corner and with it being out of Covid and the fans being back and all that sort of stuff the the arenas are absolutely electric especially when these Dagestanians are fighting I mean they loved them over in, in uh, on Yaz Island well that's it well in Abu Dhabi when, when has there not been a card in Abu Dhabi yet that has not been jam-packed with Dagestanian fighters exactly they, they love them over there yeah. And as soon as you, you can't hear nothing when you're in the octagon and absolutely farting, mm-hmm. and so that's the, one of the other things that makes it difficult as farting one of these uh, Dagestanian fighters. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. So let's get into the core main event, the first title match uh, for the interim bantamweight. Petter Yan looking to uh, get back in, into wearing gold. Um, obviously, we know that he lost the title in controversial circumstances with the with the very illegal knee to uh, Haljimane Sterling, who uh, has been injured or ducking, whichever camp you, you look at uh, in, in the rematch. So, Corey Sandhagen stepped up, and we've got an interim title match. And uh, interesting that it was Corey Sandhagen when he is coming off the loss to uh, Jake the Snake, TJ Dillashaw. Um, but it is what it is, and I, I personally thought uh, Corey Sandhagen uh, gave a really good showing of himself. The judges and, and you guys uh, both... I uh, think that it was four rounds to one to, to Jan, and I can understand why, but for me, I thought that Corey's uh, volume um, kind of tipped it a little bit more, so I thought it was a bit closer than than perhaps the, uh, the, uh, a lot of people thought, especially in that first round, I thought he, uh, he used his range uh, to great effect, was able to keep uh, Jan uh, at bay, landing not heavy shots, but certainly landing a, a good number of shots. Uh, Jan was getting a lot of success in, in the body kick so uh, coming into the second Jan found his range a lot better uh, still a very tight round um, but for me I, I thought that maybe Corey took that second round but I can understand why people would have thought that Jan did with the, the heaviest shots not not uh, not the same amount of output in terms of numbers but certainly a lot heavier uh, especially when uh, it was uh, following that uh, that body kick up with, with some of those big lefts. Third round, I thought that that's where Jan really kind of uh, blossomed. Uh, we know that he's got cardio for days. This guy could probably fight 10 rounds and not even break a sweat. Uh, same with Corey Sandhagen, to be fair, but I do feel he flagged a little bit, especially in the fourth when uh, when um, Jan was just, just on him all the time. Uh, in the fourth, we saw that, that knockdown with the spinning uh, back fist, which Jan had tried a couple of times and not quite med contact uh did in the, in the fourth and it was a uh, yeah it was pretty pretty brutal fifth round i thought that uh Corey, um was was kind of getting back to more what what happened in the first couple of rounds he was able to avoid a lot more of the yan's attacks uh land again the volume but not the power uh so the judges all give it four rounds to one to to petter yan I personally think Petty Yan won. I think it was a lot closer than four rounds to one, though. Um, 
Lorraine, I know you said that you thought this fight was was boring, uh, and as a, a casual fan, I, it, that's understandable because there's no knockouts or there's no brutal finishes. Uh, but Carlos, what what did you uh, what did you make of this fight? I thought it were a, a good fight to watch, especially with the circumstances where it should have been Sterling actually fighting and. In my opinion, ducking Petyani, don't don't want to fight him, especially a rip tweeting straight after the fight. Like literally that. the minute the fight yeah, finished. Yeah, like basically congratulations, you've earned this ass whooping. I'll see you soon. Like you could have seen him tonight. Like, mean, the the ass whooping, he didn't. He he was the one getting his ass yeah, whooping. Yeah, without the, first the controversial time. finish and him basically. I, I mean, I agree with the finish. I agree with the finish. Yeah, it was an yeah, illegal yeah, nick. Yeah, I don't think Tiles should probably swap hands in that. I think the Tiles should have been. I believe, obviously, with the rules, like, it should have it should have been a no contest. But how how far the fight actually went, he, that's how they had to determine it. Disqualification. He took the belt home. But yeah, even in that fight, he was getting his arse handed to him by Petty Yan. And Petty Yan coming into this fight, it's well. If you're a Petty Yan fan and you've been watching him fight for years, you can you you know in the first round or two, he somewhat gives it away. To try and to try and read you to try and get mm-hmm. what you, what you're bringing to the table, so he has a, a so he has the chance to basically beat him. Near enough every time, he 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 does. He, he's able to read his opponents well and take him into the later rounds and actually beat him there. And this is exactly this is exactly what he did to uh, Corey Sandhagen. He basically gave up round one. Uh, understood that Corey Sandhagen's not really bringing much to the table, bar from like a dynamic. Movement like we we seen when um, basically Dominic Cruz were on top, switching stances, going from left to right, doing them popping shots. Now, I I guarantee he's he's probably got that snapping shot behind him where there's no power there, but you do feel it when he hits you. But he Petty Ann, he didn't have that much head movement in this fight. He was just able to absorb the shots that Corey were were giving to him, and uh, the most majority of the time. It were taking him, and I've said time and time again on this podcast. When you're the smaller fighter and you're you're fighting the guy with a, a much longer reach than you, you're gonna have to take a crack to to get one off. It's just it, it, I like to call it the, the the way of fighting law. If you're a smaller fighter, you, you, odds are you're gonna get cracked going in. Yeah. The, the guy's longer. To. Yeah. They're gonna see it come in. They've got more of a chance of, of being able to get on the way in, and that's exactly what Corey were doing. But he wasn't hurting him, he wasn't doing absolutely nothing, he was just doing his fancy movement, he, I think he only did the flying knee, which is which he's known for, I think he only threw that like three or four times within the full 25 minutes. Yeah, the, the, the closest as well was the one at the very last last minute where he threw with about five seconds to go. And which hit him, which hit Petayan clean and did absolutely nothing to him, mm-hmm. so just goes to just goes to ask, would it have done... Uh, basically, is that efficient? Is that efficient against Petty Ann? Because you, you threw it a couple of times because you didn't set it up right, you couldn't set it up right. He were able to block, and he keeps his hands so far up. With him being a boxer, a lot of people, he was taking some nasty body shots. Pe- uh, Corey Sandhagen was was doing brilliant in the first round to work that body, and he just he, he just lost it. When going into the later rounds, he just started to fade with the pressure of Yan, the power of Yan, and... I believe in Corey's head, you could somewhat understand why he he could somewhat believe why he won the fight, even though he he knew he weren't the better man. In his head, I guarantee he thought, 
Okay, I wouldn't have fired it. I did so much. Mm. With him moving about the octagon and basically picking the shots off. But if I were the judge in that fight, and I, I guarantee this is what the judges were seeing in that fight, they were seeing Petty Ann controlling the centre of the octagon a hell of a lot more. Shots landing of Petty Ann doing a hell of a lot more damage. Yeah. Corey Sandagan just basically moving in and out, making Petty Ann miss, not really doing anything else. Absorbing shots and the shots that he was giving was doing absolutely nothing. So Petty Ann wasn't taking a back foot. It was just on the move from forward from the go. Pet, he wasn't setting his he wasn't setting his shots up right, and he wasn't doing in a way his spinning elbows which he's able to get off perfectly. He wasn't doing anything in his arsenal that far from just trying to make it a dogfight against Petty Ann. But mm-hmm. Petty Ann has got that much of a boxing background. That if you turn it into a dogfight, he's gonna win. Especially being the shorter fighter as well. Because when you're getting into the later rounds and you're the longer fighter and you're tired, you find it a lot harder to get the power off when you're in short distance. Yeah. Petty and have that problem. He can get the power off at long distance. Yeah, he might have to overextend more. But if you're tired anyway, he's already a fast little bugger. So and he's also got that amazing like just killer cardio where he yeah. doesn't get tired. Well, yeah, well, that's it. With his boxing back, because a lot of people forget about that. With him coming into mixed martial arts, he could have been a professional boxer. And in boxing, you, you are. It's a lot of shoulder cardio. You're throwing a lot of you're throwing a lot of hands, and you're doing a lot of cardio. You don't have to worry about all else. But with him coming into mixed martial arts, his wrestling is absolutely on point. Corey Sandhagen, a lot of people were saying who who were watching who were watching the fight was saying that they were surprised that Corey Sandhagen weren't trying for a hell of a lot more takedowns so he didn't try and make it into a dog fight but if I had to say to them people he tried for the takedowns but he couldn't really get them yeah he had his uh, takedown defence were just it were on point you couldn't take well, it down it's because he's got that low centre of gravity yeah and to, in, in my opinion if you're going to beat Petty Ann you're going to have to knock him out mm-hmm. and he's going to be scarier against uh, Aljamain for the second time because not only is he pissed off that he'd lost the belt and he can only be pissed off at himself but he's definitely pissed off for it he's pissed off that Aljamain still had pulled up for the second time he's pissed off he had to fight someone who for an interim belt yeah yeah, for an interim belt which he knows in his head that it means fuck all plastic and not only that it means fuck all because don't and don't take me the wrong way I I love Corey Sandhagen but the only reason he got the fight is because TJ Dillashaw had to have surgery and turn down the fight, so he accepted it. And you would do. At the end of the day, you're coming off a loss. You've just then you get then you get offered an interim title fight. You'd be fucking stupid not to accept it. But he didn't do anything to like where it would. And it was the second chance he got at the UFC title. That's rare, especially in this day and age. It's it, it's hard enough to get one fucking crack at the belt, let alone two, especially in the 21st century. And you'd think. Most fighters, especially in my opinion of being a fighter, I'd want to go out on my shield. I'd be, I'd, I wouldn't be taking the back step. I wouldn't be moving. I'd be going straight forward. If Petty Ann wanted a dog fight and I knew that was my probably my last chance at winning that fight, I'd be turning that into a dog fight. I'd be taking cracks, even though he's a smaller fighter. If he knocked me out, he knocked me out. Mm-hmm. But at least I knew in that fight, I basically give my all enough to try and get that belt, and I knew I weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. Corey Sandhagen, like uh, John Anik said, probably won't be the last time these two fight. Yeah, but it probably. Won't, won't be any different yeah. in terms of result because of Corey Sandhagen he just can't push that. he's lost to Aljamain Sterling and he lost clean to Aljamain Sterling and Petty Ann absolutely battered Aljamain Sterling Petty Ann shown that he was better than Corey Sandhagen uh, tonight but the, the way you were able to beat him and how dominant he were it's just 
as soon as he fights Sterling again, he's gonna get the uh, he's gonna get the belt, mm-hmm. and he's gonna be pissed off yeah. from doing it for the and long streak keep of all shit for a long time. Yeah, through the long streak of shit he's had to go through to basically get back to this point. Yeah, and you mentioned there about um, fighters not always getting a second bar at, at uh, title contention. The the main event, someone who we've always mm-hmm. championed here on five rounds. Um, against someone else who we've always, always yeah. championed as well. This was like a really hard fight for us uh, to, to pick a, a favourite in, but we absolutely adore Glover Teixeira. Yeah. Uh, from his struggles in getting into UFC in the first place, I mean, we knew of him, uh, of his time in Brazil, uh, from, from his debut, from him working his way to a title shot, and then thinking, he's old, uh, he's, he's probably not going to do it again. And then he just went and was amazing for for the best part of two years. Uh, finally gets his way back to a title match, and this was this was the last bat at the cherry for for someone like Teixeira, forty two years old. Uh, his birthday was a couple of days ago. Taking on the, uh, a young uh, Blackwich who was literally just destroyed, unbeaten uh, Israel Adesanya. Um, it wasn't looking good for him, but he pulled it off. He definitely pulled it off, especially when it coming into the fact that the the reason why I'm I'm happy about the result is the reason why I, I were happy when Jan won the belt. He's been in the UFC a long time. I wanted him to win the belt, so at least well, twenty fights he's had in the UFC. Yeah, so at least if he did pick up the belt, he could retire at some point and then go. At least I was the champion. In this case, I'm happy for the same reason. I'm happy for Glover Teixeira. He's been in the UFC for a, a fucking absolutely long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a long time. And I'm just glad after all the crap he, he, he somewhat went through, the ups and the downs in the UFC, that he were able to actually pick up the belt. And, uh, but don't get me wrong, he had, he had me worried in that, in that fight. So did, uh, so, so did Blackovich, because when I was watching the fight, I'm thinking to myself, like, oh shit, who do I actually want to win? But then I was getting a bit like worried for both of them, because when it was like Glover got hurt or um, Blackovich got hurt, I was worried for both of them. I'm like, get out of it, but one of them had to win. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm, glad he, I'm glad he won, because at least at 42 year old, he's, he, he's not going to have a long run. You can tell he's, his body has already been through some wars. As soon as he was basically got up, as soon as Blakovic hit him with that uppercut, I just had flashbacks of fucking uh, Rumble Johnson, and I'm like, shit, no, here we go. He's, he's basically second chance he's gone, but then he just pulled it out the bag. Well, Mum said to me earlier about basically like, oh, it was good of him taking going for a takedown like early into the first round, weren't it? Didn't you? Yeah. Brilliant. Cheers for that, Hannah. No, but just, just yeah, just yeah. I've right. just been listening to you both, and it's just like. Backwards and forwards. Yeah, the, the, this was probably the best we've ever seen Glover to share. I know he went on a mad run to get a title shot in the first place, and then once he lost to Bones, he kind of like fell off a little bit, and then he's beaten the likes of uh, Anthony Smith on the way back to title contention. But this was a fucking performance. Oh, brilliant. From minute one, well, when he took down Blackovich, controlled him for a full round on the floor, just absolutely dominated him. Then the second round, uh, took a few jabs. We know he's got a, a chin like Granik any, anyway, but then rocks uh, Blackovich. He's able to um, land some big shots, get the takedown. And the, uh, Blackovich said that the... the, the the submission was on the neck. It wasn't on the neck, not from the camera angle I was seeing. It was cranking on that jaw 
and it looked absolutely brutal. But Blackovic tapped pretty quickly, and you said uh, you think that Blackovic was already hurt. Um, yeah, probably from from the 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 big shot that that wobbled him. Yeah, definitely. Cause he, he he didn't seem to be all all there in the first place. Now, not taking anything away from Go to Share, Go to Share had the perfect game plan. Why would you fight someone whose nickname is a Polish Power on mm-hmm. the on the feet? You you've got your full your full cardio there. Your gas tank's still full. You're both dry because you haven't had to basically work for five minutes, so there's no sweat on the body. So as soon as you grab your opponent and take him down to the ground. You've already got our success that it's going to work out anyway, especially when you're Glover to share it and you've got that experience to take someone down, especially when they try and you've got hold of them. They, they're basically going to find it hard to basically stop the takedown. That's why Jan Blakovic, in in the the first round, found it easier to keep uh, uh, Glover where he were, mm-hmm. keeping him in full guard. Because yeah. even though it worked to Glover's advantage taking him down, and, and control him there for five minutes, beating him up, and that can opener that he was doing to him when he was, uh, I've done it to a, a couple of people in the gym just to basically show him that they can't just stay in that position because even in that position you're going to get put in a horrible fucking position what you don't like and especially when when uh, Glover were putting the hands behind the head and pulling down as in like a neck crank, pulling the chin into the chest and because he were in full guard he were basically folding him up. And Blakovic did not like that, and it's a horrible position to be in. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I've, I've done it to certain people in the gym to show them, especially the ones who use arm in full guard, now I'm comfortable, I don't need to do anything now, I can just hand fart from here. It's like, no, you can't, you can still get tapped out from here. And Glover is that high leveled where he was able to do that to Blakovic. And Blakovic, you can tell that he, he didn't have that done to him like, a lot, because he didn't. He weren't stopping it the yeah. first time, the second time, the third time, or the fourth time. You could tell it was something new to where it was like, shit, he's, he's happening again, it's happening again. Panic, panic, panic. Stop hitting me, it's really yeah. painful. Yeah. Oh, it, a humble guy, though. As soon as after the first round went, he, he looked up to him and went, that, that shows you've won one. Yeah. He, he knew straight away as a champion that he, that, that, that round with Glover's. Glover mm. did the perfect thing that you could do in a championship about the second time. Take the striker down, control it for five minutes, try and wear the confidence down, try and get your confidence up, and then the second round, try and do exactly the same. Now, Blakovic, he weren't the champion for no reason. He didn't get took down as easy in the second round. He knew that he could get for the double unders, get the butterfly guard that he, he, he did up against the cage. He knew not to get basically let Glover uh, lock the hands, mm-hmm. and he were able to get some good uh, takedown defence, but... Go to share like I always say with Khabib. Just because he might not get the takedown the first time doesn't mean them other 20 tries he's going to do, he ain't going to take you down. He's going to try and take you down, no matter how many how many takedowns it, it basically takes. And as soon as he takes you down, you're going to find it hard to get back yeah, up. And he did. Yeah, definitely. And as soon as... as he, 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 he were hurt. You, you could tell as soon as that... As soon as basically Glover like caught him and wobbled him, you could tell not only were Black and I won't say worried or scared because he's Blackovic, he weren't. You could tell they were just more how oh, we're expecting this, I would expect to get took basically took down, but the power he's got, I basically weren't expecting that as well. So he somewhat shrunk up because he didn't know if the takedown were coming or if the strikes were coming. So he didn't know whether to de- defend his face or de- or defend for like to, to sprawl. He didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. He, he he did the Khabib game where where he'll basically throw a wild strike at you and then just level change like that without you even knowing. And you're scrambling and you're confused and you're still defending the strikes that that were basically coming a second ago. Yeah. And that's what Glover did perfectly. And as soon as he went down and, and took the back and. 
I can somewhat understand where go where he was saying it, it were on the neck. It were definitely on the chin, the front of the chin, because you can see it basically going in, and that's a horrible position as it was. And I guarantee that's why he tapped as as, as quickly as he did. You feel that like someone breaking your jaw and squeezing your jawbone into your skull. It's horrible. But then with Glover being on the side of the neck as well, cutting Just the pressure on him. Yeah, you can you can tell that not only were it crushing the the chin into his face, it were also crushing the neck from Sarver. So yeah. it were not only were getting his face whammy. broken, it were getting he couldn't breathe at the same time. So that's why he taps. Also, I've been in that position myself. I've been it's it's, hor it's horrible. You do want to tap. You don't want to be in that for long. No. As soon as you get put in that, you're like fucking yeah. let go of me now. But it means. Uh, Glover Teixeira finally at the top of the tree, probably uh, UFC's uh, flagship division, um, and I, I couldn't be any happier for him. Definitely, I, I seen some, I seen a, a, a retweet saying what who's next for Glover now. Uh, in my personal well, opinion, he calls one out. Who? He called out Jerry Prochaska. Who? The the Czech guy. The, the guy was, uh, he was going to be the, the, the mate waiting for uh, if I know, the guys yeah, I know exactly who you're on about. I, fuck, I forgot. I, I, well, who, who are you thinking of? Because I think Prochaska's got to be up there for... I don't think he knows. I don't think he'll retire. What? Re retire? Win, win the belt and retire. Literally, he's had, the, what, he's had a career that you could write a book off. I mean, had the ups and downs. And are. then 42-year-old, the oldest champion in the UFC... And he gloves up as champion. You don't lose your belt. Or, or your, your face, uh, Anki Lev. Well, yeah, yeah. One defence is better than no defences, but at 42 year old, I don't think no one can fucking hold it against you. No. Like, I don't like Emmitterio, for instance. I, I, the amount of people that held it against him because he retired at what? 30 odd year old yeah, well, being he, a double champion. He, he if he picked up this belt and retires at 42 year old, his body's been. A lot of people need to understand that biomechanically, his body's fucked. His body's absolutely fucked. You could. He probably won't say it, but I guarantee he's even even his toes are like just for the amount of a, a training camps he's been through, the amount of Brazilian jiu-jitsu he's done growing up. You can tell that his back hurts every time he, he moves an inch. <laughs> so if he were to retire as champion, I wouldn't be mad. I think that would be a perfect. Literally, story ended. I mean, he, he did call out Jerry, and Jerry seemingly accepted. So Which is fair enough. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I believe he, te he texts him down and chokes him out just exactly the same. Yeah, and then, um, then retires. Yeah, so before we get into next week's event, uh, first I want to say thank you, Lorraine, for, for agreeing to be on the show. Uh, what did you think of the card as a whole? Uh, did you have fun? Yeah, it were really good, but I just. I just like scraps, proper scraps, like... What, what, what she says about scraps is, what she means is like, when you see videos of like, the travellers going around on social media or like YouTube, and they're absolutely... You're getting just knocked like, out. Uh, yeah, having a, having a bare knuckle boxing, basically. That's, yeah. what, that's what she likes to watch. But what she don't realise is, 20, 20 odd years ago, they made that unsafe. And only now, people are bringing it back just because... In, in mixed martial arts, they've lost a couple of brain cells and they thought, tell you what's a good idea, I'm going to take these four-ounce gloves off that, oh, they give me no no protection in first place. I'm just going to twat people with my bare knuckles. Yeah. Now they've got no brain cells. So, yeah, that's what she means by she likes to watch proper scraps. Blood and knockouts. <laughs> yeah, like, Buff, buff there. I was hoping for that sound effect. <laughs> um, but, yeah, again, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. I'm sure you'll be back. Never. 
<laughs> so next week we've got another numbered pay-per-view this time a standard time for you for you americans um and again another double title um matches with uh rose both actually uh rematch as well yeah it's nami Yunus against Whaley zhang and uh colby covington <sighs> I, I mean i hope there's change. no title changes I, 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 I just thought there's no title changes. I mean, I wouldn't mind Whaley Zhang being champion. I thought she's as good as a champion, but I no, do I like Rose. I just like Rose. I, I like Rose too much. I, I can't stand Colby. Can't stand nah, him. he's a prick. Uh, and he's taking on uh, Kamara Usman, so tune in uh, next week for that. Uh, but uh, from me, Podfather Mags on Twitter, uh, for Carlos here, Kirby underscore Carlos, and for Lorraine uh, on Facebook, I suppose. Um, no, you're okay. <laughs> that's all from uh, here at Five Rounds definitely go check out the rest of the content on the networks that we are available on that's Vision News Global Media The Chair Shot and Radio Techers uh, thank you all for listening along and that is the end adios amigos he's hurt he hurt a big he's time he's trying to finish hit